Welcome to the Aaron LeBauer Show. This is the number one show for passionate physical therapy and healthcare entrepreneurs looking to level up their income and impact on the world. If that's you, then you're in the right place. So sit back, chill out, and let's get into the show. Hey, welcome back to the Aaron LeBauer Show. It's Aaron again. Uh, glad to have you here. I'm <clears throat> super stoked. Uh, if you'd spend some time with me today, uh, I'm going to share my thoughts on leadership today um, and how to kind of really grow into a leadership role. Or if you're already in a leadership role, how do you grow into a better leadership role? Because there's it's always room for growth. Um, like I said, it's Aaron. Uh, I've gotten some good feedback from the show from a few people. Um, I'd love to know sometime for you, like if you're a listener, like what's been resonating with you, what's helpful, what do you want to learn more about? Feel free to shoot me a message over on Instagram at Aaron LeBauer and just let me know. Um, that'd be awesome because then I can create more content for you. Um, you know, I've got a whole like 100, what do we do, like 160 episodes. It was called the Cash PT Lunch Hour. And again, like now it's called the Aaron LeBauer Show because when I started, I've this kind of podcast has been through a couple iterations. And early on, it was answering common questions. And then it was interviewing other people in our industry about cash-based PT. And then other people about, you know, like, you know, I don't know, other things, social media, what they're doing, et cetera. Just trying to like grow and expand and hear other voices. Um, and then it just became, you know, a little more me teaching and sharing my thoughts, which is great. And then I interviewed a bunch of our clients and former clients to talk about what they're doing in their practice and businesses, um, even online businesses, coaching businesses, et cetera. I've interviewed some of my mentors, you know, but then we got to this point where I think it was in 20, I took a break. I took a big break um, about a year ago um, leading up to PT BizCon Live. And then when we came back from that, we rebranded the Aaron LeBauer Show because I was just like, you know what? One, there's this whole personal brand thing. So part of this is the leading by example, sharing with you guys what I'm doing. I'm not telling you to go and like change everything in your podcast, but you know, what I saw was my business coach, Bedros, you know, he had changed his podcast from the Empire Show to the Bedros Coolian Show. Um, Tony Steffen, he's a dietitian, but now he does real estate and it's the Tony Steffen Show because you know what it does? It aligns with the website I have, AaronLeBauer.com, and it allows me to talk about whatever's on my mind. Um, and majority of this is still focused on, you know, my career and the people I help who are mostly physical therapists um, who own a cash practice. Although, just so you know, I've got people, I mean, I've been a mas massage therapist, bike messenger. i got people in our group who are all in network or moving the cash. We've got uh, a lot of different things, but really business is business. Leadership is leadership. And today, what I'm going to do is talk to you about leadership and my lessons in leadership over the last, you know, 20 years. I don't know, I'm 50 years old um, and I'm still learning. Let's talk about leadership. The number one thing, and I, I think I have this, uh, I think the title of this is going to be lead from the front. It's really, it's like lead from the front, lead by example. Do what you say you're going to do. I'm not telling other people what to do. It's like I'm showing them what to do and giving them opportunities. That's leadership. Leadership is doing things when other people say you can't. It's not just proving them wrong. It's just being like, I'm going to do this. Leadership is <clears throat> running into battle first, but also I'm not in the military. But also I do know there's a certain point at which the general doesn't run into battle first. The general did that at one point. 
So I might not be running into the bathroom and cleaning the toilets every day, but I did that. I've done it and I will do it again if I have to. And I'm sure that's what the generals would do. If I'm wrong, let me know. And that's leadership. So how do we level up our leadership? How do we grow? Well, some of the growth that I've had leadership is being around other people who are leaders, who are talking about it. Who are, but you can't just read and talk about leadership and go, oh, I'm a better leader. Because leadership is all about actions. It's a little bit about mindset, but it's perspective. It's more perspective than mindset. It's I don't like the word mindset as much for this, for a lot of things, but it's about the actions you take. You say, I'm going to do something, you do it. And then your employees or people in your team or people around you who are your, you know, in your community see that you're doing the work. And they're like, I'm going to follow that person. Like, right? That's the whole like thing is like, I'm going to follow that person into battle. I don't know what movie that's from, but they're follow you in. And that's what we're doing. Business is kind of like battle. It's war. It's like we're at war against business failure, against our competition, against, I don't know, the government, schools, the insurance. I mean, am I against the government? Not really. No, not in that sense. But there are things that the that laws and, and <clears throat> policies that on the face of them aren't really helping me as a business owner. So I have to like fight to figure out where's that information that's going to give me the leverage, like I'm talking about on the leverage episode, which might be the one before this one or might be next. I don't know what order Laura's going to put these out. Um, but it's like, I got to go fight and figure out like, how do I move forward when there's lots of roadblocks? Okay. So let's get back to leadership. <clears throat> how do we do it? Well, a couple of the ways I've done it is be around other people who are great leaders. You know, that was like, how do I, you know, be in my coaching groups and work with Bedros, work with Taki, um, you know, be around people in the community who are leaders in their business and leaders in the community. I can see how they act. Um, reading books. There's, I wrote these down. There's, I was in a, had a conversation last night. I was talking about the books I read that aren't business books, but they are. These, these books are like, there's a lot of books written by Navy SEALs. And um, there's two of them that are really like stand out to me, but there's dozens. I read in 20. 20, 21, um, I read probably 10 books by Navy SEALs. Uh, maybe not 10, but I, I read pretty slowly because I've got dyslexia, so it takes a bit. But uh, if it's engaging, I can get into it. And it's about the story, but the two books that I read that I would recommend if you want to level up your leadership is Transformed by Remy Adelecki and The Trident by Jason Redman. I've happened to have met Jason in person. He's a great dude. He's a hero. He's like, but he's a he's a leader and he's an example to other people. Um, and all the Navy SEAL books, there's lessons about leadership and toughing it out and doing what other won't, doing what others say you can't, doing things that um, no one else is willing to do, right? Which is a lot like business. Like you're doing things if you want to have a successful business that most other people say are impossible that you can't or shouldn't, and they're not willing to do themselves. So, you know, go grab those books. Um, it's transformed by Remy Adelecki. I think that's how you say his last name in Adelecki and the Trident by Jason Redman. And then there's, you know, <clears throat> the, uh, the well-known ones, um, that have been made into movies. 
get those two. They're great. Um, be around leaders. Like that's my next bullet point is like be around other good leaders. Um, success leaves clues. So it's just like, it leaves clues. Like that's why you want to be around people that are more successful than yourself. I, I talked about on the leverage podcast that I joined a cigar lounge, you know, not because I've been smoking cigars for 20 years. Um, but because the people that come there that are members are leaders in, in town, they own businesses, they're, um, high level executives, CEOs, etc. People that are like th- forward thinking and, le- and it's like be around people like that. I already said this, but do you say, do you say you're going to do that goes in a lot of ways that goes with family. You know, when you're working, you know, when you're trying to lead your kids and you say, you know, if you do this again, I'm going to turn off the TV, then turn off the TV. If you, if you say, Hey, if you don't do that, if you don't clean up your plate, otherwise I'm going to turn off the TV and they don't clean up their plate and you just leave the TV on, they're not going to respect you. They're not going to respect your boundaries. They might respect you as their parent, but you're, that's not leadership. Leadership is making decisions, making decisions quickly and sticking by them. But don't stick by a bad decision into the death. A good leader will realize that we're heading down the wrong path and we're going to switch course. You have to exercise the decision muscle. And that's, and that's it. Make decisions for your family. Make decisions for your business. Hey, this is where we're going to dinner. Or, hey, we're going out to dinner tonight. Do you want to eat, you know, Chinese? Or uh, or go get hamburgers or wings? Do you want to go to Thai or wings? Give them two choices. Have them choose. Now, they feel like they're choosing. And then, all right, we're going to get Thai food. Great. And if one of the kids was like, last this time it's my turn. Last time it was the other's turn. Okay, great. Yeah. You know, because I said last time, hey, you get to decide next time, stick by that. Stick by it. Stick by your decisions. Do what you say. Show up. That's the other thing. You got to show up. You got to show up for your family, your team, your business, yourself, your clients. You got to show up even on the days that you don't want to. So one of my good friends um, and mentors, Alan Ling, Alan spoke at PT BizCon last year. He's hired me to do private consulting for his clinic, Physical Therapy Innovations, out in El Cerrito. Um, I spent six months with Alan learning about business when I was in PT school. It was my final clinical rotation. You know what? Alan was, I mean, this is a few months before I showed up back in 2008. He was four-wheeling, not four, was it four-wheeling? He was on a, not a three, like the little, like, not a four-wheeler, like a, a Jeep Cherokee, but like little four-wheelers that you ride, like motorcycles, but four wheels. He was doing that with some friends and he fell and broke his wrist. Well, guess what? One of his friends was the orthopedic surgeon. So they went later that day into his office, or maybe it was first thing Monday morning. I don't know. And he pinned it. The surgeon pinned it, (laughs) put a pin in his like scaphoid or whatever he fractured. And guess who was at work the next day? Alan. He didn't miss a single day of work with a broken wrist. And he's a manual therapist. He does manual therapy. Guess what? He learned to use his elbows really well. And his fists, he couldn't even use his, you know, right wrist. And then I get there and he's telling me about it. I'm like, oh, let me check that out. And like, I started working on it, help him get some more range of motion, you know, but you got to ship the whole thing is, is Alan showed up. You own the business. If you don't show up, where's the business going to go? How do you get your employees not to call in for on stupid sick days when they 
just want to go on vacation with their kids or they're just feeling a little run down. Well, you show up when you're sick. You know, these days since COVID, we don't always show up when we're sick, but you know what? Pre-COVID, like if I was sick, had some sniffles, man, you know, I didn't feel good. I showed up or I didn't show up with the flu, <laughs> but guess who didn't miss a lot of sick days at work in four and a half, almost five years, Caitlin. Caitlin came to work when she didn't want to come to work. I'm going to say uh, some of that's in her, but you know, like she saw that's how I operated. You know, she's not calling out on these like random sick days and like, you know, she was very aware and we talked about it, like how we don't want to, um, you know, one, we get sick. So that's why we wore masks for a long time. It was like, cause if she's out of work, like for a while during COVID, like there was no revenue if she had to miss five days or 10 days to sit out from COVID, you know? So then Aaron has to come in and treat patients. So anyways, show up, show up, show up. That's it. That's leadership right there. Lead by lead from the front and do what you say and show up. I mean, that's it. So let me just talk about some more details. Your team, the people you hire, the people around you, they must buy into your mission or your clients, you know, like your, your, your clients, your patients, they must buy into the mission. They need to have the team members need to have their own mission, but it must align with yours. And so that's why we hire and fire based on like our core values and our mission. You know, um, it's got to align with yours. You but so how does it align with yours? You have to actually share it with them. You have to share it with them. You have to share their, your why with them because your why may not resonate with theirs. And maybe that's a deal breaker or maybe their why is different, but the core goal is the same. That's how you get people working for you harder than they would work for someone else. That's because they're on the same path. They're just on a different track going in the same direction. You hire some people. Here's what you do. Here's how you lead a team. You give them opportunities and you delegate responsibilities. We have to trust that other people are going to do it just fine. They're not going to do it the same way as you. And this is the perfection piece. Don't hire someone who's perfect. Don't hire someone who is a replica of you because you'll never hire someone. You'll just leave it to be an excuse for not hiring someone. We have to hire someone that buys into the mission. Bring someone on our team that gets that gets it, that understands. And then we have to give them an opportunity for success and we have to delegate the responsibilities. You cannot be a micromanager. The worst people I've ever worked for were micromanagers. I mean, I, had a, I was a temp and this lady taught me how to spell the alphabet. And I'm like, you do know I graduated college, right? <laughs> I mean, like, you don't have to teach me the alphabet. Like, I got physical therapists. I don't really have to teach them how to do physical therapy. There's some things that I'm going to teach them because, like, Chris is coming on and he's been a few years out of doing manual therapy because he's been doing training for us. And, you know, he spent a, eight months, you know, during COVID not treating patients. And, you know, so I'm doing some mentoring and coaching with him on hands-on therapy. But he's, like, I'm rusty and he's got his hands on me. I'm like, dude... You're totally fine. You're on the right spot. There's a little more pressure. You know, like I can take a little bit more pressure. I mean, there's some nuance to me being a physical, uh, being a massage therapist that I can pass on to physical therapists. No matter how experienced you are, there's some things that you just weren't taught as a physical therapist unless you spent, I don't know, thousands of hours massaging bodies and went to, you know, a year's worth of massage therapy school. There's things you didn't learn. So I can pass, I get to pass along those things, right? I have to give... Chris boundaries and responsibilities and I have to be like, all right, this is your role. I have to delegate it and I've let go of it being exactly like I would want it. Cause sometimes it'll just be better. Okay. 
when so when I'm giving Chris an opportunity or I'm giving employee an opportunity, um, here's kind of some of the boundaries. Um, I say, when you encounter, I say, if, if you encounter an issue and you know how to solve it, just make the decision to solve the problem. Just solve it. Like, you know, and I say, if you encounter a, a problem or with a client or customer in the business and you don't feel comfortable, like just taking action and solving it, um, bring me two, at least two solutions, right? So it's kind of like, uh, ask for, um, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. I would rather them say, Hey, Aaron, um, I ordered this online cause we it ran out. Great. Here's the better, less expensive place to do it. We have a merchant account with them next time. Order it from here. Cool. I forgot to tell you that part. Had that happen. Great. Like we give all our new platinum mastermind members a, uh, a journal. What's it called? Um, the, Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but we get them wholesale. But one time we ran out and one of my assistants just ordered them from Amazon. Cool. Well, we get them for five bucks less if you do it this place next time. Great. So now that's part of our systems and processes. And I tell them, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness. Okay. Make, make decisions and then let me know about it if you made one. Right. And then it's when you encounter a problem you feel uncomfortable solving or a decision you feel uncomfortable making on your own, come to me with solutions, not the problems. Like I don't want to, I don't want a problem solver. I just want to choose solutions. So they'll come and I'll either choose to do A or B or maybe, you know what? I know C is the better option. All right. Give them rope. I learned this from Bedros. Give them rope. What does that mean? He said this one time in, a, in one of our masterminds. I was like, wait, give them rope. Rope? He's like, yeah, you give your employees, your team members, a piece of rope, and then they can either make a ladder and climb to the next level, or they can make a noose and hang themselves. So there was a time where I gave one of my employees, you know, said, they were like, we want to meet, we want to do some fun stuff in person. This was after like a year and a half of kind of isolation of COVID and not doing team stuff. I was like, great, like schedule us a, an outing at the outdoor ropes course. Dude, it took a year for that to happen. I gave her that opportunity. I was like, just make it happen. And I never did, you know? So who she wanted to be like clinic manager, but you're not clinic manager when I give you an opportunity and you don't take on, take it on. I probably shouldn't, I, we've talked about this in prior episode. I shouldn't have let that last for so long, but I had other things going on that that wasn't the choice I was willing to, that wasn't the path I was going to go down because I had bigger fish to fry at that time. But I knew when that didn't happen, it was a sign of the end. She asked, like, I want to do more, you know, like we had doing pre-COVID, we had done like monthly lunch and learns, um, quarterly like things. And I was like, great, let's get us all at the ropes course. It eventually happened, but a year and a half after it was first asked. And I had given her like, here, you got the credit card, make the reservations, coordinate everyone to get there on a Friday afternoon. And it took forever. A little bit of it was COVID came back, but it was mostly lack of initiative. So I gave her rope. She built a, she built like a noose. She totally did multiple times. Um, okay. And I said, don't be a micromanager. Micromanagers suck. You know, telling you all the things are wrong, trying to do it for you. Do not fall into that role because you will fall right out of leadership. Micromanagers are not leaders. As you grow your team, one of the best decisions you can do is have your number two person, maybe the clinic manager, maybe it's your integrator. They run the meeting for you. They run the meeting that pulls the best out of your brain and the right number two can run a meeting in a way that 
that you've empowered them to lead the meeting and it allows you to bring out your best and be an even better leader, right? They're running the logistics while you're running, while you're uh, delegating, deciding the plays. I think this is not just with team and employees, but people in your life. Listen to them and believe what they say. Not just believe what they say, believe what, believe your gut. Like if you feel that something's not right, something's not right. If, if believe what they say and believe what they do, believe their actions. This is the thing is they should believe your actions. And this is why I say, do it, you know, do what you say you're going to do. Your actions speak louder than words. Everyone knows that it's true. Believe what you see and what you hear. Don't dismiss it because it'll come back to bite you. And a good leader, like I said, makes decisions quickly. And there's some times where I failed as a leader for sure. I have not, um, been able to hand off ideas in an easy way. I've miscommunicated. Um, I didn't believe what they were saying. Like this whole thing with the, you know, employee who didn't do, you know, set up this, uh, this outing event. There's a lot of other things that she didn't do that I gave her opportunities for, or that she just changed and, you know, made new policy decisions without letting everyone, I didn't find that some of those out until she left. I, I knew uh, I probably should have let her go earlier, but I would have been light three employees in 2021. It was tough decisions. Sometimes you, you make the best decision you can. Um, but in your relationships with your employees, with your friends, with your loved ones, believe actions. Listen to the words, believe actions. When you're working with a team, a couple things you want to do is I've, I've, I've had a lot of new clients come on. They've got like a team of three or four people, um, maybe more, and they don't have regular team meetings. People are just going and doing their job in five different directions. We all need to be going in the same direction on the same purpose. So we need to set a weekly and monthly pace. You need, we need leadership meetings, right? So your leadership. So if your team is big, and you've got a leadership team and, you know, dozens of other employees. Well, you got, um, I think it's uh, from the book Traction. Is it called Traction? Um, by Gino Wickman. I got to look it up because there's two books and I get them confused. Uh, um, it's uh, EOS. Um, oh, yeah. Traction. Yeah. Traction is the book where he talks about the level 10 meetings. Level 10 meetings are for leadership team. We use a version of the level 10 meeting like that outline just for our regular meetings. Because the leadership meeting is the meeting I have when I go hang out by myself. <laughs> um, but when I met with Kate and Chris and we had Amber, you know, like we would run it in a similar organization uh, fashion as this level 10 meeting. But it's not a, that's not a leadership meeting that I'm having with them because they're not really leadership in the business. They're the employees and implementers but we would kind of organize it. Um, so traction EOS entrepreneur operating system. There is a part of it. It's super valuable for small businesses of one to five people. The model is built on, I think businesses of like probably 20 and more 20 to a hundred, maybe more. But, uh, the point is, is we need to have a, a pace. So we've got leadership meetings. You want to have team meetings to solve logistics or with either it's with your logistics team or, you know, your implementer, like I have a meeting every week with, uh, Laura on Mondays. I have a meeting every Tuesday. It was a the Tuesday and Thursday meetings for the clinic where Tuesday is 
logistics clinic admin and Thursday is mentoring. So we want to have mentoring meetings. You can run the mentoring meetings when you have, you know, three or four physical therapists. You take your your head physical therapist or lead physical therapist, clinical manager, and they run them. However, one of the things we would do is when you go to Con Ed, you come back and you lead an in-service slash meeting and you teach us about it and you teach us some techniques. And they, a lot of times I would cringe. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't teach it that way. I wouldn't do it this way. But guess what? That person, this is an opportunity for them to learn and get used to leading these themselves. And they may not have signed up to work for you to learn that. But I guarantee you those are growth events for them. Okay. Um, And then, so we need to have a week, like a weekly pace, a monthly pace, even quarterly. Like we used to do monthly all team, like just lunch and learn. And that's when someone would do like an in-service or teach something half the time it was me teaching. Um, we would do, um, a weekly, uh, like, you know, clinical meeting, a weekly mentoring meeting, and then you need personal development meetings. We need a quarterly team stuff. So quarterly we would do an outing somewhere. Now my in-person team is small, Pre-COVID, it included two, two people in the coaching business and five people in the clinic. Now it's a lot of remote help, and virtual assistants. So we don't, we don't do that. But Laura comes to the three mastermind retreats. Jake, who's been working with me for I think seven years now, he'll come to one, one or maybe two mastermind retreats a year, or we'll be somewhere else together at some other event. Um, so we kind of have that pace. And then there's your personal development, your business development, your personal development. What are you doing for yourself? Self-care routine. We need a pace to it because um, I guarantee you thrive on routine. Routine is, you know, there's very few people that are like, go with the flow, easy does it, you know, and they're like just making decisions on a whim. And then it's like planned out. Okay, so... That's personal development is the segue into you can only grow your business as far as your own personal development. And what is personal development? It's not just reading Tony Robbins books. It's actually becoming self-aware of the things you're really good at and self-aware of the things that where you have opportunities for growth and self-aware of the times where you're an asshole, self-aware of the times where you struggle and why. And it's learning from mistakes and learning from success and trying to actually improve. You may not make much improvement because some patterns are really hard to shake. Some thoughts are really hard to shake, but it's being aware of them and growing and going, hmm, for example, an employee complains about something. You're like, hmm, it sounds like there's a bigger issue than just payroll or just the bonus, or there's a bigger issue than just like who's not cleaning the bathroom. So let's talk about the bigger issue. Like, man, I can spot that now. I know when someone bitches and complains about a toilet paper, a video game, the TV, blah, blah, blah. There's a bigger issue at play than just the thing that you're complaining about. It's just that the, the utensils, who's doing the dishes. I mean, those are small things. Those are inconsequential to life. They're a sign that there's something bigger. But there was a while where I didn't recognize that stuff and I got stuck in the weeds. Okay, so... There's two books that um, that have really helped me in the personal, like, like grow as a person. The first one, um, I did a yoga teacher training uh, back in, I want to say 20, 2013. 
right when I was building the Cash PT Blueprint. So if you've gone through the Cash PT Blueprint, you've heard some of this um, lessons, but Baron Baptiste wrote, um, he's got two books. Um, one is Journey into Power, which is more of a yoga practice, but it's got his like 12 laws of transformation, which is really great. And then Being of Power, which isn't a how-to book for yoga. It's more of his philosophy and personal development side because in Baptiste Yoga, there's a lot of self-discovery and personal development that goes along with it. Because, you know, what else are you going to do when you meditate? You can't completely clear your mind. And then, so that book was incredibly helpful. That study was helpful for me to start becoming aware of how I interact with other people and how my filters and experiences have, my experiences and thoughts have created filters that I filter the world through. But you know what? Two, both people can be right in an argument because you both have different filters. And we and sometimes it's just seeing the problem from the other person's perspective and understanding that they might get uh, you might say something that just seems so benign and they get super upset is because they heard it through their filter. They might say something so benign and you heard it through your filter. And then the other one was um, Garrett J. White. You might listen to him and be like, "Nah, this guy's an, an asshole, an idiot, whatever. I don't care." You might listen to him and be like. Holy cow, he's speaking the truth right to me. And that was one of those things where when I was listening, you know, he, he first came across, I was like, who's this guy full of himself? But I actually started listening and I was like, dude, he's speaking right to me. Speaking right to me. He's not speaking right to me right now, but he was speaking right to me back in uh, like 20, 2019. And I think his book is called Be the Man. Um, I got it. I think it might now be broken up into smaller books. Like it was one big book. It was like a hundred bucks or something like that. And then I think I got it. Like I got the smaller version. Plus I got like the box with all the, I don't know what he's selling right now, but his stuff was great. Especially it, it was for married businessmen. Well, I'm not married anymore. Uh, so, you know, some of it, but I've also gone through a lot of his stuff. Um, and it was great. And it started helping me get awareness of things. I mean, there's other things I'm, I'm learning right now, but, um, those two, uh, were like, helped me create these big shifts in awareness of who I am, what my relationship is to the world and to my family, uh, to myself. And if I can grow, I can grow, then I can lead other people to grow. But if I'm asking other people to grow into something and change and, and be a better version of themselves and I'm not willing to do that myself, well, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite if I do that. You're a hypocrite if you do that. If you ask someone to do something you're unwilling to do, you're a hypocrite and people aren't going to want to do it. They're just not going to want to, they're not going to want to follow you into battle if you would never do it yourself. They just won't. The last piece I want to share with you what a good leader does is a good leader is unwavering in their resolve and speaks the truth. No matter how hard it is to speak the truth, that's what a good leader does. It's very hard. It's sometimes hard to trust your intuition, your gut, and go, okay, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust my, my gut, my intuition. I still have trouble with that. But I'm learning lessons on how do I, ah, uh, that was my gut instinct telling me what to do and I didn't listen to it, right? And then you have to speak what's true to you and um, you have to speak your feelings and ask for, um, and set your own boundaries, right? Because if you, if you make uh, concessions for other people, then you're not a leader, 
leaders don't really make concessions to let other people it's not manipulate and it's not do it. It's like if you're a leader, like look, I can lead and I can follow. I can follow really easy. And being a good follower is being a leader. You know, Navy SEALs, you've got what, a platoon of I don't know, thirty people or whatever. They're all badass leaders, but only one person can make decisions on the battlefield. So, for example, if I go on a bike ride with a bunch of other people, like it's a Saturday morning ride and we're gonna go out and ride, and I get dropped halfway through. I don't know how to get home because I'm not paying attention because I'm trusting that everyone else knows where we're going. If I'm the ride leader, I know exactly where we're going and exactly how to get home, right? So if we're not speaking our truth and asking for what uh, serves us from our family, our friends, our employees, we need to ask for things that serve us. We can't expect them to ask for things that serve them back. And we don't have an open line of communication. We have mistrust or distrust. We distrust ourselves. We distrust them because they're saying one thing but doing something else. Like I said, trust their actions, not what they say. And then when you make a decision, be unwavering in your resolve. Not unwavering in the decision because like I said, you can change. You can make a new decision. Just unwavering in your resolve that this is the right thing. Don't go into battle second-guessing yourself. you got to go all in. And that's the key to successful business. And being leadership is being all in. Burn the ships, go all in, and go get it. I'll see you on the next episode. Peace out. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed the episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. And to catch all the latest from me, follow me over on Instagram at Aaron LeBauer. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.